You're listening to the SWAT Agronomy Podcast, the show for people who leverage the latest in technology to solve agronomic problems. If you're interested in on-farm application of precision ag technology, you've come to the right place. Get ready as we unpack the insights and experiences of the agronomic minds leading our industry forward. Today on the SWAT Agronomy Podcast. It's just an example of being able to add complexity to the decision-making and just really bring in the detail on those specific fields because it's not every single field that's going into this crop that's getting this treatment. It's just the fields where this is relevant and this is a potential issue. And we're trying to ensure that we do everything that we can to get the yield that we think is possible out there. So yeah, just a more detailed approach. A1 agronomy owner and operator Anita Renwick joins us on the show to talk about her independent agronomy business in Manitoba. A1 provides soil sampling programs and in-season agronomy services in the southwest corner of the province, as well as parts of southeast Saskatchewan. Born and raised on a mixed cattle and grain farm in southwest Manitoba, Anita studied agronomy at the University of Saskatchewan. She ultimately decided to start A1 Agronomy just over four years ago for growers interested in maximizing yields and looking for unbiased advice. If this is your first episode of the SWAT Agronomy Podcast, welcome. My name is Tim Hamrich. I'm a communications consultant, an ag tech geek, and the host of the show. I've partnered with the SWAT Maps team for this podcast, and we hope you'll join us as we explore where the latest in agronomy meets the latest in technology. After starting A1 Agronomy just before the 2019 season, Anita Renwick has already grown both her acreage and her team substantially in a few short years. We talk about the need that she saw for independent agronomy services in the area, how she's helping some of her farmer customers adopt precision agriculture for the first time, and what a difference this more detailed approach is making to yields and to profitability. First, Anita starts by sharing some of her agronomy background that she had before starting the company. So I've spent many years in retail agronomy as a sales agronomist, kind of throughout Saskatchewan. And I also did some time with Corteva Agrosciences as a sales territory sales rep, and also spent some time as a crop production specialist with the crops branch out of the North Battleford government office there. So yeah, lots of, lots of background for infield agronomy, pretty hands-on type of work and then decided that there, you know, looked as though there was a fit here in this area for something just a little bit more independent perspective. So kind of just, just kind of keeping that in mind and yeah, decided we would give it a shot and and see what we could do. That's great. And and what did you see that convinced you that, you know, there, there was a need or, or, I mean, is there something that changed that kind of opened up the area for independent agronomy? What were you seeing on the market at that point? Yeah, well, I would just say, so we are, you know, quite a distance away from some of the larger centers or even from some of the the centers where lots of the research is taking place. So we certainly have crop production retails in the area so that producers are, you know, they're getting advice and they're also getting their products there. But it just, it seemed as though that there was a need for just information, just agronomic information that wasn't tied to to any type of product sale. So just kind of best practices, just looking for some information that you know, maybe some of those crop input retails weren't providing or just unable to provide. So just looked as though there was was a gap and there was a requirement for some more detailed, tailored advice. And then also, you know, there really are no other precision egg uh, or local precision egg offerings in the area. So with the landscape, with the variability, with the salinity issues that are present in our 
our area, um, the Swap Maps program has a really, really strong fit. So, yeah. I mean, how do farmers handle it when they don't have kind of independent precision ag consulting available to them? Are they able to kind of get by on their own? You know, maybe talk about the the pros and cons specifically as it pertains to precision ag. Yeah. Um, well, I think if they don't have somebody that they're working with that would specialize in the precision ag side of things, then they are they're trying to to adapt the information that they're getting and make it work. And sometimes it's just more manual applications, switches like on and off through areas that that really visibly look like they need special attention. But after that, that's pretty much as high tech as it gets. So for folks that are wanting to take it to that extra level and and there's areas in the field that that still require product, that still require fertility, the Swap Maps program basically allows us to, to still put that down or to still incorporate that in the decision-making and the planning without having to just simply look at our rates or our plan is like, we're going to apply product here and we're going to apply no product over here. So it just takes it where we can start to really tailor it to the fields and what's going on. So if they don't have somebody that they're working with, it's not quite happening at that level. Okay. And for somebody not familiar with the geography of Southern Manitoba or Southeast Saskatchewan, what kind of crops are you working with? Yeah, so we largely work with, so cereals um, in rotation would be wheat, barley, oats, kind of predominantly. There's there's some corn, which is either grown for grain or for silage uh, for livestock producers. There are some peas in rotation, uh, depending on who you talk to. Soybeans have kind of come and gone. And then so just those ones are just a little bit more dependent on late season moisture. So some areas have moved away from them. Some are trying to keep them in rotation. Um, and then canola would be a, one of the probably larger acre um, oil seeds that go in. Uh, and some flax. Sunflowers are also making a bit of a comeback this year. Uh, but I think that would kind of cover most of the crops that we work with. And are, are you and your team, are you, are you kind of bringing precision to some of your farmers for the first time that maybe weren't working with it before? Or is it pretty much a, the, the standard here for several years? Uh, no. So yes, we are absolutely bringing it to some of the producers in the area. I would say the ones that have experience with it or maybe have used it with others, you know, other options out there, um, they're actually, you know, pretty far and few in between. So the majority of producers in this area are relatively new to precision egg. We do have some producers that have the equipment that actually is capable of, you know, running these types of programs and they just don't use it yet. Generally, they're just not totally sure about what it can do and how it all works. And then we have producers that are in a bit of a transition phase on the farm where they've just got the equipment that they've got and they're looking at upgrades in the next few years, um, but they're just not quite there yet. So we do have producers that are, they're starting to have these conversations, but they're just not completely set up as far as the equipment goes just yet. And what have you noticed is sort of the driving factor that makes them say, okay, th- I really need to figure this out or, or I need to give it a try at least. What tends to be the catalyst for, you know, people new to precision ag? Yeah, so that is a good question. And I would say from our experience, it, it really depends on the, the producer and the farm as for what is important to them and what they're trying to achieve. Generally, though, if we've got um, some issues and we're working with some variability out there, once we were able to explain, you know, how the program works and how we're able to get 
you know, the type of quality behind the, the test results that we can then use as far as decision making and planning. That usually is the tipping point to, to looking at it further. And then when we're able to show them really how easy it is, how simple it is, the people that do the legwork, you know, that's me and my team. And we'd also provide a high level of service to ensure that there is nothing that slows them down. So once they've got the confidence and the assurity that, you know, there's nothing that's going to, by adopting this technology, is actually going to slow them down, then they're pretty on board with it. And and for you and your business, do you find, is it mostly where they're already working with you for soil sampling and crop planning and field scouting, that sort of thing, and then you add the precision piece, or does the precision piece kind of bring them into the other services, or does it kind of work both ways? I would say it kind of works both ways. Yeah, we've got some producers that just start right with the precision egg side of things, um, and then we've got other producers that might segue from a composite soil sampling business and then upgrade over time to SWAT. And then we've got some that have started, you know, with in-season scouting and then and layered on the other services. So it really kind of goes both ways. And as you look at the business today and your precision offerings, what either lingering questions or problems still exist out there where you're like, we really need to get this piece figured out, you know, to unlock maybe the next stage of precision agriculture? Um, I think for us, we are just going to continue to build the swap maps component of the business. So just making sure, like, can we look at the swap map as the foundation to being able to do other things out there that would bring in more technology and, and improve decision making, you know, again, to an, another level. But for us right now, we are just trying to focus on building the awareness around what a swap map is, how can it work for the producer, how can it make their life easier? And then basically kind of go from there. So for us, that's largely what we're trying to do right now is just make sure that folks know what it is that we offer it and how it can improve things from their perspective. And then in time, you know, we'll layer on the other technologies that would be a fit with a SWAT map. But right now, the SWAT map and really understanding what's going on out in the field, you know, corner to corner is our top priority. Right. Yeah, and it would seem to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not an agronomist or a crop consultant, so uh, some of the things I say may not be rooted in reality, so be sure to correct me. But it would it would seem to me that getting started with precision agriculture early because there are some advantages you can't reap from them right away that you kind of need a history, you know, of multiple years of working with it to kind of unlock the next level for your operation. Is that accurate? And if so, can you maybe just speak to that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, I would say that is accurate. So when we see we can provide, you know, that next layer or that next level of value is when we have like a two or three year history with a producer. So they've had, um, you know, maybe multiple crops out on the same field so we can see what's going on. We have a little bit more environmental data to work with just as far as, you know, what happened in this growing season. Was it, you know, wet? Was it dry? What have you? Um, so we know how things have behaved in those growing seasons. So we know a little bit more about what to expect. But yes, when we can have, you know, minimum two, even three years of data or experience with these fields is excellent. And then, yes, we can start to build on that. You know, in, in your time in the independent side of the business, what's what's kind of changed the most, both for your company, but also for the farmers you're working with? I would say like, one of the prevalent factors that we are just dealing with after uh, a cycle of many wet years in a row is we do have some salinity present. So we're trying to manage that area as best as possible. I think with the adoption of precision agronomy tools like something 
you know, swap maps, we're able to see what the residual nutrient levels are across the whole field in those different zones. So when we talk to a producer that has traditionally done more of a composite sampling program, so we're targeting the average area in the field, but we get one data set to work with. When we take those producers from, from that kind of management style and we move them over to the swap maps management style, where then we're looking at things on a zone basis and we have a zone set of, of sampling data to, to refer to and make a plan from. The quality of decision making is just much more precise, if you will. But then it allows to really take those fields to kind of like the next level as far as production or managing potentially trouble spots. Um, and we can really decide, you know, as far as productivity potential out there, where can we afford to maybe do more? And where does it just really make sense to cap it or even scale back? So, yeah, it just really improves the quality of decision making and planning. You had talked about, you know, if one of your farmers has a specific issue they're working with, you know, that you would you would kind of help them with that. Uh, you also mentioned that salinity has been one thing that has has become an issue in some areas that you work with. You know, how how has Precision Ag been able to help with salinity issues uh, or how are you approaching that from a precision standpoint? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think the first thing that we've learned with being able to use something like a swap map and then kind of increase the level of detail as far as managing those fields is that we can at least stop making the problem worse as far as over application of, of additional nutrients that just aren't required. So that would be the first thing. We can stop making the problem worse. And then we get to know like what's going on out there. So we do test those areas. We can see what the nutrient reserves look like, um, what the real issues are. So, you know, we can kind of see how bad is the salinity? Is there a hope that we can, can kind of change some management decisions and bring some production or some plant growth back to those areas? Or is it another conversation that may involve you know, water management, tile drainage. So it just helps with the whole conversation of how do we approach these areas? What do we do? What's going to be the best fit? Or, you know, what's going to have the greatest likelihood of having an impact? So, yeah, I'd say not making them worse and then knowing how to tackle them to resolve them or, you know, at least over time, definitely not make them any worse. Right. And what about for those that are in relatively good shape as far as they don't have major salinity issues? You know, they're not dealing with major issues at all in the field. How does Precision Ag, you know, in general or Swap Maps specifically help in those situations? Yeah. Uh, so I would say from our experience, when we're able to do a Swap Map and then get the coinciding soil test results back, you know, and through the ground truthing process, we've gotten a lot of really good information of, of like soil texture characteristics, you know, what are we working with out there? And then we can really make decisions as far as, you know, what is the productivity potential out there? So we work really closely with the producers as far as field history, when they've grown, you know, whatever crops have been in rotation, what are their yield expectations? What have been the things that they think maybe have been holding them back? And then we can take the information that we've learned and apply different management practices. So sometimes it is increasing certain nutrients. Maybe it's a, you know, a nitrogen conversation. It's just maybe limited by nitrogen. But then sometimes it is more in-depth. So maybe it's phosphorus or potash. In certain areas of the field, we take a zone management approach. Sometimes it's not the whole field that needs this special attention. It's really on a zone basis. At the end of the day, 
the whole reason for doing this is to improve crop uniformity so that you know our herbicide timing is the same across the field our fungicide timing insecticide timing everything is similar so you know the plant staging is the same and so our decision making is just easy we know when to go we know when to pull the trigger so we can tailor an approach to some of the areas of the field that either maybe they ripen really quickly maybe they take longer and we can just kind of bring it all in together and then just make better decisions so yeah right and do you have an example you could share and you don't have to name the farmer's name specifically, but maybe, you know, an example of where it's like, okay, this is really working or, or when you got feedback from one of your customers, it's like, we're really making an impact with the approach we're taking here. Yeah. So I would say over time, um, like I said, we've got multiple year history with some of these folks now. So we've actually got some fields this year where they're going into a cereal and some of the areas of the field have some micronutrient deficiencies, but it's not the whole field. So the approach that we're taking this year is we've got, you know, their NPK blend kind of taken care of, and it's it's going to be what it is across the field, higher in some zones, lower in others. And then in addition to that, we're applying a micronutrient to that field, but we are applying it in a way that, you know, there's higher rates going down, say in zones one through five, and then we're going to dial it back through zones six through seven, and then maybe those lower zones, either the micronutrient level is ideal, so it doesn't need any more, or maybe productivity starts to taper off in that zone 10. So we've dialed everything back in the lower zone. So again, it's just an example of being able to add complexity to the decision-making and just really bring in the detail on those specific fields. Because even in this particular case, it's not it's not every single field that's going into this crop that's getting this treatment. It's just the fields where this is relevant and this is a potential issue. And we're trying to ensure that we do everything that we can to get the yield that we think is possible out there. So yeah, just a more detailed approach. Cool. You know, a lot of times when we talk about technology in agriculture, you know, sometimes people want to rush to this like, oh, is this technology taking the place of a crop consultant or agronomist or field scouter? And I actually think that what we're seeing more of and what we're likely to see more of is like technology used by people like yourselves to better serve the farmer's needs rather than like replacing them. Are there any technologies that you all are looking at to improve the work you do or the efficiency you do either through sampling or, or any of the services you offer? Yeah, you know, I would say we're always considering, you know, what could help us, you know, with maybe it's just additional information or are looking at that information in a different way. Something that kind of comes to mind would be something called a SWAT cam that can be overlain or used with a SWAT map to just support, you know, plant sand counts and what are we seeing out there as far as establishment or weed populations, that kind of thing. So like that would be a tool that we could overlay with a SWAT map to just help get, you know, plant sand counts across that whole field, as opposed to, you know, right now we do it on foot. Uh, we use a quad. We cover all the zones. We do still cover the whole field as best as we can. But, you know, it's not every square inch either. A technology like that where we could take what we see and we could compare to the information that it's generating, I think would would definitely improve some decision-making and maybe potentially areas that we can make additional tweaks to. I would say though that I, I don't really see there being a replacement to having an agronomist in the field. It could be just where I come from and or my approach to the service, but there's nothing that replaces boots on the ground and eyes in the field. 
So the additional technologies are excellent. They're exciting. They have value. But then it takes somebody that has the skilled knowledge base and experience to be able to, to apply it and make it all make sense. Great. Well, in a relatively short amount of time, you've built a pretty robust team there. So can you just talk about the business's growth and if that was kind of pre-planned as well or what kind of drove that over time? You bet. Yeah. So I would say growth has always been part of the plan. Um, the specifics have kind of been that we'll see how things evolve. Yeah. So we've got a team now, um, myself, that can do the agronomy and the mapping and, and all of that. We've got a couple more people on staff that are also qualified in that regard. And then we're just building out kind of some of the basics. So we've got an excellent admin on staff now. We've established actually a physical office location where we can all work out of and a, a shop in the back so that we can make sure everything's operating smoothly and running like it should. So it's been a progression for sure. And yeah, like I said, the specifics weren't necessarily laid out in detail from the get-go, but with growth in mind, and again from now. As we move forward, that's that's still the plan. So we will continue to add add staff and resources as necessary as we continue to grow. How has your role changed from when you kind of bought that first pickup and got started to today, you know, running a, a team? Yeah, uh, that's a fun one. <laughs> I still try to do a little bit of everything. So there's that. So I'm, you know, I'll still operate a truck. I'll still do the soil sampling. I'll still do the mapping. I still try to be customer facing. So speaking to either new potential customers or ones that we've been working with for a number of years now. And then I'm also trying to, I guess, kind of coordinate the team. So um, it has evolved in that I'm not exclusively in the truck all the time. Now we've got a team and we're managing everything that kind of goes along with that. Yeah. So it's definitely evolved and changed, but I still try to do a little bit of everything, but we, we have more people on staff now though. So we can also designate some of them to more specific roles. Um, and then I have the ability to kind of do a little bit of everything. And I'm, I'm not exclusively responsible for just one operation that's required or even all of them. I can kind of do a little bit of everything and provide training. Cool. And where do you see as, as maybe there's a growth area for your company in terms of offerings or services or geography, or maybe it's just kind of, you know, as more people adopt precision agriculture, they're coming to an independent party like yourselves. Uh, where do you see the growth potential for your company? I think in the near future, uh, the opportunity is really with swap maps, the zone management of precision agronomy going forward, just the level of detail that we get, the ability to make better decisions. I think that's like the closest and most obvious area for growth. That's great. I don't know if there's something that you, maybe you're hoping to add to your services or just something you're hoping kind of improves in terms of technology for the future that you'd like to look into. Is there anything that comes to mind there? I think over time, as producers are changing or upgrading their own equipment, things will just continue to evolve. It's an interesting thing because we do. We also speak to producers that have the capability. They've got the machines that can do this. And I think it's just they haven't been having those conversations yet so when we talk to them we hear oh yeah yeah my drill can do this and it's something that we should be looking at and so then we'll ask them so like why not like how come what's been going on or or you know just why not and they're just like well we just haven't done it yet we just haven't taken the time and we don't really understand what it is or how it works so i think for us it's just having these conversations answering their questions 
figuring out what it is that they're hoping to achieve, and then showing them how bringing in a, a program like Swap Maps will help them get there. So for us, I think in the short term, that's where our work lies. And, you know, over the time that you've been doing this, do you experience a lot of people say like, oh, well, no, I've, I've never paid for an independent consultant. You know, I don't have a line item for that in my budget. And if so, has that actually improved over time where more and more people are open to that idea? Yes. Yeah, so we, we do run into that actually quite a bit. It's just not been something that's been commonplace. It's not really been offered. It's not really been an option. So, yeah, that's something that we do hear about. Depending on what it is that the producer is is hoping to achieve or hoping to you know gain, maybe information wise, that usually kind of shapes how that conversation goes. Because quite a few folks they're they're looking for this service, they're looking for this unbiased, independent approach to what's going on out there. What do I need to do? What's going to give me the best bang for my buck? So I would say most folks are actually pretty open to the conversation. And considering it, and if it's not a line item on their budget, you know, kind of factoring it in, even if it is for next year, sometimes that comes up, you know, I didn't have it in the budget this year, but I'd like to have a conversation because I want to plan for it next year. So sometimes that happens. So I'd say it, it largely depends what the producers are hoping to achieve, but it is something common that we do, we do encounter for sure. And are farmers usually able to to see that ROI after the first year? Or does it take a few years to kind of say like, okay, well, here's the clear ROI of you know paying for the service and, and what we're, we're getting out of it? Again, it depends as far as what it is that the producer is trying to evaluate. So that conversation is pretty, pretty specific or, or just individualized per farm. But we are able to pull together some, some numbers that can showcase, for example, you know, by soil sampling alone and receiving a recommendation from an independent person and then factoring in those recommendations across the field and comparing them to to a different approach. Just right there, usually we're able to find the dollars that cover the cost of working with us. And then every year we can fine tune that. So, yeah, it's it's not usually difficult at all to find where are the savings come from that cover the investment to work with somebody like us at A1 Agronomy. Um, we just have to know, you know, what are the parameters that they're evaluating? You know, what's important to them as far as going this route? And then we can show them where the value lies. And I, I like your, your guys' approach, like to social media, you got like a fun aspect to you. I see like your, your most recent tweet was about like in sync, you have no strings attached. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's some personality here. It's not like your standard, agronomy social media is that is that intentional yeah <laughs> i mean we're really passionate about what we do we take our jobs very seriously um but we you know what i mean we gotta have some fun along the way too right what's your favorite part of the job getting to know our customers getting to know what's important to them and then being able to dive into the information that we gain by doing this work and then taking it back and talking about it with them whether it's in the shop whether it's at their kitchen table and making a plan that's that's working towards their goals. And I think it's it's pretty exciting when, when they are calling you or letting you know in season or they're maybe sending you a Snapchat of their combine monitor, what their yield's doing across the field. Or in the case of swap maps, when we've been able to tailor the approach to those areas that have significant salinity and the machines are zeroing out their rates or, or they're doing what we've asked them to do in the places that we ask them to do it accurately. 
Farmers get really excited about that. So that is lots of fun. And even for the producers where we've literally just printed, printed a copy of their spot map on a piece of paper and sat down with them and said, okay, Mr. Farmer, this is, this is the field map that we've got here. What does it look like to you? And kind of explaining what the zones mean. And then they grab their pen or pencil, whatever's handy, and they just start circling it. And they're like, yes, this happens here. Yep, and there's this little spot over here. It's about, you know, this long and this wide, and it does this every year. And yep, oh, yeah, this looks good. <laughs> so that part is actually really exciting because I think until we can sit down with them and we have a map that is, it's actually their fields and it's reflective of what's going on in their fields. They're taking us at our word that what our program will do, you know, it'll do what we say it will do. But then when we can actually sit down and show them what we've been able to come up with that does represent their specific farm and they get really excited about it, I think that is that is kind of the best part. <laughs> All right. Well, that's probably a great place to end today's episode. Thank you so much to Anita for being on the show. And before we wrapped, I asked her what advice she might have for our listeners out there, primarily crop consultants and farmers. And she said the biggest thing is to put one foot in front of the other. She realizes the amount of information and possibilities in agronomy and technology can be daunting at times. But she said... You don't have to get it all figured out from the start. Just take small steps over time, and that can go a long way. Thank you very much for that advice and for the entire episode to Anita Renwick. And learn more about what she's doing over at a1agronomy.ca or on Twitter at a1agronomy. We'll include links to both of those in the show notes for today's episode. If you're finding value from this podcast, we'd sure love it if you'd subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice and leave us both a rating and review while you're there, specifically on Spotify and Apple Podcasts are great places to do that. If you have any recommendations for guests or topics or questions we should feature here on the show, please tweet them to us by using the hashtag SWAT Agronomy.